Yesterday we had a big work day. There must have been about 60 of us out here. I know my shoulders have to be broader today from all the shoveling and scraping that I did. So uh, we had a... We... <laughs> We had a I can't raise them. <laughs> we really had a wonderful time together. We got a lot accomplished. You can't even see a lot of the stuff that, that we did here on our campus and at our South Campus. So it was a wonderful time together. Great fellowship. It's a form of worship, too, when we do things for the Lord with his heart and an awareness that he's in it. And uh, we certainly enjoyed that together. And we can enjoy it right now. That's why we're here. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we prepare our hearts to worship. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Thanks, John. It is Student Mission Sunday, so I thought maybe we'd hear a little bit from one of the great missionaries who preceded us in this country. Uh, some of you may be familiar with the name David Brainerd. He was a missionary. Uh, in the early 1700s um, to the Indians in the Delaware area, although it wasn't Delaware yet, and a remarkable individual, kept a journal, and uh, died at the age of 29, suffered all kinds of things in order to be a missionary, um, was orphaned at the age of 14, and contracted tuberculosis that he fought with, but still he had a heart to reach others. Um, and this is from uh, his journal. This morning, the Lord was pleased to lift up the light of his countenance upon me. Though I have been so depressed of late, respecting my hopes of future servicefulness in the cause of God, yet now I had much encouragement. I felt exceedingly calm and quite resigned to God, respecting my future employment. My faith lifted me above the world and removed all those mountains that I could not look over. It appeared such a happiness to have God for my portion that I had rather be any other creature in this lower creation than not come to the enjoyment of God. Lord, endear thyself more to me. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Changing grace. 
it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I had once feared to lose. You drove them from me, you who are the true, the sovereign joy. You drove them from me and took their place. You are who are sweeter than all pleasure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him.
to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning Take a second, introduce yourself to someone near you and welcome them this morning. Jared Durker. I am 18 years old, and uh, I'm currently involved in Satellite here at Grace Community Church, and today I'm going to be sharing our outreach with Satellite over spring break, and I'll go ahead and start with the verse Proverbs 16:9, and this is the New Living Translation, and it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps, and uh, throughout this trip, um, as I reflected and looked at this trip, uh, this verse speaks to me, so I'll go ahead and start with that. Um, over spring break, Corey had planned an outreach to go to Vegas, and it was an outreach slash awareness trip because we were going to be serving in a rescue mission. We were also going to be uh, living in the homeless people's shoes for 12 hours. Um, and so I was preparing for this trip, and uh, I kind of the trip came up really quickly, and I don't think I was ready for it. Um, and it was a Saturday before, and Corey gave me a call and said, um, we're going to have to be canceling the trip. Um, we, had, we had a couple people drop out last minute, and just too many people, and it wouldn't be a smart decision to go. Um, so I was kind of bummed about that news because I had taken time off for work and I just had set, set aside the beginning of that week for this trip. Um, so the next couple days, Corey and I and a couple other people planned out um, another outreach to do and we decided we would take lunches to uh, the homeless here in Visalia. Um, and at first I wasn't that excited about it, I don't think, uh, mainly just because I had set my hopes up for Vegas and it just didn't seem like a mission to me here in Visalia. Um, I was wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> And so, as the trip went on, we handed out lunches and whatnot, and I just, I didn't think anything of it in the moment. Um, and a couple weeks after, I was reflecting and just thinking about the trip and like what I took from it. Um, and while I was reflecting, I thought about Proverbs 16:9 again, and it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And as I really thought about the truths of that verse, um, we had thought we made a plan, and it didn't work out, but the Lord had determined steps for us. And what I realized was that um, God, had us hand out lunches because he wanted to show his love. And it was as simple as that, as simple as handing out lunches is showing God's love. And uh, it's something I learned, um, just showing God's love in the basic things, and it's something I'll take for the rest of my life. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Good morning. My name is Corey Ogborn, and I am the director of Young Adults. I oversee our Satellite Ministry, which is our ministry to college-aged and career-minded people. Over spring break, 
as Jared said, we were supposed to go to Las Vegas. But at some point during the planning, it became obvious that it wasn't good stewardship to not cancel the trip. For financial reasons, um, for time and resource reasons, we just really had to kind of draw back and listen a little more closely to what God was calling us to. Uh, as Jared said, alluded to, there were a few people who dropped out at the last minute, and so that changed things. So once it was canceled, we had the task of um, what do we do now, if anything? Uh, we prayed about it, and we decided to hand out lunches in the parks and parking lots around Visalia. And that's where we met Memo at Recreation Park, him and his three little dogs and his friends. And Memo knows a lot about life. And we learned a lot about life from Memo. We also went down to Lincoln Park where we met Mitch. Mitch doesn't know as much as Memo about life, but Mitch was a very, um, he was a character. He was very engaging and we learned a lot about Mitch. Mitch convinced us to come back and pick him up at five o'clock that afternoon and give him a ride to his stepfather's house. And so we did that, and that stretched me in a lot of ways. Uh, Mitch had beer in his bag, which spilled all over the back seat of my truck. And if you know me, I'm a little OCD. I'm a little bit of a clean freak. So I, Mitch challenged me in a lot of ways to show God's love. Mitch also shared a lot of stories. Uh, Mitch shared with us about Shorty McCordy and the alligator and his time at the Goshen Ocean. Um, if you get a chance, ask, ask Nate Scroggins about Mitch and his time at the Goshen Ocean. I want to issue a challenge this morning. Um, we're going to start out with a challenge. If you're a grade school, junior high, high school, or college student, or even if you're just a young adult um, living in your parents' home, still living at home, I want you to stand up right now. Um, I want to address you this morning. I want to talk to you specifically. Our Ministry trips that we do at Grace Community Church are geared toward coming alongside you and helping you to grow spiritually. All of our camps, missions trips, and ministry is geared toward coming alongside parents and helping you raise these incredible young people and to help them to grow spiritually. Sometimes you guys go and you have a mountaintop experience and you learn a lot, but you come back from these trips and you find yourself back in this valley, right? That means two things, back in the valley that's known as the San Joaquin Valley here, but also back in the valley spiritually. I wanna give you four challenges this morning. I wanna give you four challenges this morning to help you continue the mission. First is found in Matthew 22:37. 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. I hope that whatever you did over spring break or have done since, you have fallen deeper in love with God. Because as a ministry at Grace Community Church of children, junior high, high school, college-aged, and beyond, it's why we do what we do, to help you fall deeper in love with God. So I hope you fell deeper in love with God. The second challenge is this, and it's found in Matthew 22:39, And it says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's easy to love the people of Mexico or those in our parks in Visalia over spring break when that is what we're doing, when that is our sole focus. But these people who may not know the Lord are our neighbors. We need to find ways to love them every day on a daily basis. And we need to do better in this. We need to grow in this area. 
The third challenge is this, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. How we love each other is not only good on Sundays and Wednesdays or throughout the week, but it's good every day. As the, the church, we need to do a better job of loving each other at our schools, in our classrooms, on our sports fields, even at the mall and at Starbucks. Because God will use our love for one another to show a lost and hurting world and to draw them into the church, to draw them closer to himself. We need to do better in this area. How we love each other as a church, both on Sundays in church and outside of church, speaks to how we love God. So don't avoid people, you know, in the aisles at Target. Go up to them and show them love. The fourth thing is this. Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Our mission is not complete until we become more mature in our relationships closest to us. Look next to you. Who are you sitting next to? Where are your parents in the room? Do you love them? Do you honor them? When you returned from spring break, or when you finished spring break, could they tell that you were different? Could they see that your love for God had deepened? Did your spring break challenge you? Did it change you? Sometimes our parents get our worst instead of our best. They deserve our best. And this is my little plug for you. Mother's Day and Father's Day are coming up. And that would be a fantastic time to really show honor for your parents, your family. Remember to honor your family, your siblings, because how you love them reflects your love for God. It's a tough challenge. Thank you. You may be seated. That challenge isn't just for those who stood up. It's for all of us. We need to do a better job of loving one another because it is that love that the world sees as God's love. And if we fail, then we not only fail the world, but we fail God. I hope you enjoy the rest of the morning. You're going to hear some great testimonies this morning. There's some great worship that's already happened and going to happen more. So um, I hope you enjoy the rest of the morning. Thank you. Thanks, Corey. Um, we often think of missions more as a New Testament concept, but the Old Testament has some really treasure passages in there speaking of mission. In fact, when God called Abraham, he said he would be a blessing to all the nations. And when King Solomon is praying at the dedication of the temple, he's concerned for those who are going to come to know the Lord who don't currently know him. And his prayer is that God would do something to make that happen. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your own people Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Yes. Yeah. 
heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple they knelt on the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying he is good his love endures forever Yeah. 
First and foremost, we thank you. As your people and as your friends, we thank you for these opportunities, uh, these opportunities to gather under one roof and worship your holy name. We pray that uh, those who are unable to be with us today may recognize your presence wherever it is that they find themselves. And uh, we now bring ourselves before you to give you our tithes and offerings. And as we give, we realize that you are not limited by our resources. Um, we, we do not give to empower you, but rather uh, we give because we want you to have uh, everything that we are because you are our everything. Amen. Forevermore, unbroken praise be. 
Grace Arnold. I'm in seventh grade at Green Acres Middle School. Recently, I competed in Science Olympiad competitions with my school, and I enjoy playing the violin. Before spring break, Jared announced that the Junior High Missions Project would be a soccer camp at Golden Oak Elementary. He explained that we would be playing soccer with elementary-aged kids, and some of us would share our testimony with the group. This would require much student volunteering. When I heard this announcement, I thought, oh no, these elementary kids will be so much better at soccer than me. I had never played soccer officially outside of PE. Let's just say I haven't been blessed with the soccer talent. When I realized that Jared needed help, I wasn't sure how helpful I'd be, but I was ready to sign up anyway. I had no idea what serving would look like, considering that this was the first year our junior high youth group ran a soccer camp. The plan was to run the soccer camp on, at Golden Oak on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. On the first day of camp, there were only about four or five kids. This was shocking to me since I thought that soccer would be a popular sport in Visalia, especially for elementary kids. Our junior high group joined the few campers in stretching, soccer drills, and finally, a soccer game. We concluded camp with one of the junior high students sharing their testimony and a closing prayer. At the end of the first day, I discovered that the number of campers wasn't as important as I originally thought, but I still hoped that by the end of the week that there would be a few more campers. On days two and three, we ran a similar schedule, but with the number of campers increasing by four or five each day. The number of campers did not interfere with our ability to reach out to them. Romans 12, four through eight, reminds us, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If your gift is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. This soccer camp was a great example of this verse being lived out. There is so much encouraging soccer skills, generosity of time, and teaching displayed by adults and students alike. The Golden Oak students were not the only ones learning from this camp. Our junior high group had a great opportunity to learn from each other and work together. As it turns out, I didn't need any soccer skills to serve at soccer camp. Thank you, Grace. Commend your courage and bravery to do that. Um, <clears throat> my name's Jared. I work with the junior high here. And so as Grace gracefully put it, we did a soccer camp at Golden Oak Elementary School, which is the school right down the road here that our church has adopted. Now, we as a junior high, we just wanted to contribute to what God has already been doing through our church at that school. For you see, we run a Bible club there. For those who don't know what that is, it's a Bible program where the church or the school has literally invited our church to come 
and put on a Bible program so that kids could interact with church people and hear the gospel for the, probably for the very first time, many of them. And so it's just an amazing ministry opportunity that our church has been involved in for the last few years. And we at the junior high, we just said, hey, how can we help? How can we contribute to what the amazing stuff that's going on? And they had a, a want or a desire to have some sort of sports camp, soccer camp, and said, hey, that's right up the junior high alley. We love to run around and have some fun. And soccer, that sounds great. So we put that on, as Grace said, for three days, and it was a fantastic camp. Students shared testimonies. We had adult volunteers ministering to the parents who brought their children to the camp. It was just fantastic. But also, I really love those who uh, came to the camp that soccer's not their deal, right? It's not their sport. Maybe they don't got skills, which, by the way, Grace, you have more skills at soccer than you may realize. But... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, they don't really love soccer, right? So the point is, is that it's so, it's so much easier to do what you like, right? We do what we like. We don't do what we don't like. It's as simple as that. The problem with that is, of course, that cuts into missions. Because, of course, the fundamental aspect of Christian mission is it's not about you, right? It's about Jesus making him known and loving others. So if, if we only do what we like and we don't do what we don't like, then actually the mission becomes about what you right? What you are about, what you like, and not about Jesus. And so it's so awesome to see people, you know, not get caught up in the method, right? How we show the love, right? Whether we're doing a soccer camp or satellite gives lunches, VBS in Mexico, whatever the method is, we have one purpose, one goal, one design, which is to make Jesus known and to show his love to the people that we interact with, right? And so I love how these students right here did not let whatever method that we're trying to do, but they looked past that to the greater goal, which is to show the love of Jesus to others. And, you know, a lot of people take shots at this generation saying, this is a very selfish generation. I'm sure many of you have thought that or maybe have heard that, right? And there's some truth to that, no doubt. But here's what I'd like to say, though. Selfishness did not begin with the invention of the Apple iPhone. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah. People say, you know, technology has ruined us or whatever. Yeah, so selfishness did not begin when Apple invented the iPhone. You see, selfishness began when mankind ate the apple in the garden. Yeah, when mankind said to God, that we're going to do things that we want to do, right? That we're going to do it how we want. We're going to live life the way I decide that we are going to decide everything. We're independent from you. And that, guys, is when selfishness began. And so selfishness is not this generation's problem. It's every generation's problem. It's a human problem. And so we should be so encouraged and challenged and convicted that these group of students right here look beyond themselves into something greater, to the mission of God, to showing the love of God to the world, because that is the antidote, right? The remedy, the cure to selfishness is gospel love. That's what fuels missions. That's why we do what we do. Because we see the gospel, we see the love that we've received, the infinite love of God, and how could we not share that to the world? And so we look beyond ourselves to the world. And that's what these students did, and we should be so proud of them. Good morning. My name is Grayson Canterbury. I'm 18 years old, and I am a senior at LG Monte High School. 
This past spring break, I had the opportunity to uh, join our high school ministries in our mission to Mexico, which I've attended both my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, I was naturally excited when Madeline Pace called me and told me that I would be a small group leader. Now, as a small group leader, I'd be in charge of a small group of kids and leading them through arts and different games and Bible stories, as well as our VBS store. And this was really exciting to me because I was supposed to be in the town of El Zarillo, which I've had two years of experience in. I was excited to be able to see all the kids that I have become friends with, that I had relationships with, that I could show them pictures from the past and laugh about what we did and just had a great time. But God's, God's plan for our team was a lot different. Um, at our first meeting, Stephen told us that our opportunity to serve in El Rio was not there and that we would be serving in a new site called Los Flores. Um, this was very frustrating and saddening and shocking to me that um, I wouldn't, my plan wasn't going accordingly. Like I wasn't able to go see all my past friends, show them what I wanted to. And that, that, that scared me. I felt like a freshman going to this new site, to this new, new place that I, where I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how many kids there are going to be. I just, I just don't know. And that truly challenged me as we prepared for Mexico. However, God truly, truly showed me just how amazing his work is and how elaborate his plan was for us in Los Flores. He sent us there for a reason. And I will share with you a couple of highlights um, to, to highlight just how amazing his work was. Um, on the first Sunday, we went to a church service, and the pastor asked for volunteers to help with the, the children during the church service to play with them. And I've, naturally, I volunteered. I was really excited. And for, for three hours, my <laughs> couple of us played with these kids. We, we learned their names. We got to know each other. And it really felt like God gave, gave me a head start into building these relationships with these children so that I could begin showing God's love through loving them. And that was amazing. The next day, when we started our VBS, we arrived at the church, and there were, I would say, about 10 kids there. 10 kids total for four groups. And coming from El Zarillo, in my two years of experience in Mexico, I was so used to having a group of 20 in just one group on the first day. And having so few was, it was intimidating. I didn't, we didn't know what to do. But by the end of the week, my group alone had upwards of 20 kids in it. And that was so inspiring to see God grow our ministry in Los Flores, to see God make, make a path for these kids to come to us so that we could serve them and show them who God is and how he loves them. Later on um, in, in the week, in the middle of the week, I got to share my testimony, as did everybody else on the team. I shared with them that when I am in worship, I feel closest to God. And I shared with them some lyrics from a song that we ended up singing at the end of the week. Those lyrics read, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Now, those four simple words create this small phrase, but it is incredible how powerful that phrase is, how important it is for us to, for me, to love the Lord with everything. Just that simple four words, I love you, Lord. After that, it ends with, teach me how to love you more. And I truly believe God taught me 
truly taught me how to love him more through my experience in Mexico. He taught me that I need to seek his will above mine. He, need, he taught me that I need to let go. I need to stop having anxiety about, oh no, what's gonna happen? Because God's got this. And I'd like to close with the verse. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Thank you. Hi, my name is Madeline Pace. Uh, I'm a senior at Golden West. I'm 18 years old, and I'm the proud daughter of Karen and Joy Pace. Um, this spring break, I had the opportunity to go to Mexico with our high school ministries. I had the honor of being the town leader in a small town called Las Flores, and uh, most of my responsibilities uh, ended up being prior to Mexico, uh, preparing for Mexico and uh, helping where I was needed with crafts or games or just different things. Um, and so uh, in Mexico, my, my tasks were a lot smaller and I think that was truly a blessing in disguise because God had a lot to work on my heart that week. Um, that week, uh, God really tested my ability to trust in him and have a joyful heart in the midst of a storm. Uh, on the first night arriving in Mexico, uh, my brother was hit by a car, and um, instantly my parents made the decision to go back home to be with him, and I felt called to stay. Uh, I won't tell you that this calling came and I was immediately filled with peace and just like so happy to be called. I, I wasn't. I was, my heart was in turmoil, and I, I had so much worry. Uh, um, my heart was telling me that I might, not ever I, I might not ever see my brother again or that if I did see him again, that he would be hurt that I didn't come to see him like when he needed his, when he needed his family most. Um, on the other hand, God was telling me to trust in him and know that he would take care of me, Ben, and the rest of my family. Um, God, in, in that period of worry, God led my thoughts back to a time when uh, he had done that for my family. He had taken care of us and uh, just led us through life. Uh, when I was four years old, my family lost my younger sister, uh, who is at the age of two. Uh, I was too young to understand what had happened, but uh, my parents uh, decided to trust God and trust that he would heal our family, and he, they decided to keep going to church. And so I went to church and really grew because of them. So 16 years later, and in Mexico, uh, it was really encouraging to look back on that time and know that like God took care of my family and he could certainly do that again no matter what would happen in that situation. Uh, every day I was encouraged by a team of students who are so filled with the Holy Spirit. They knew exactly how to encourage me. Uh, every day they would ask me how I was doing spiritually and uh, they would uh, uh, just ask me what I needed or pray, or pray with me on the spot. Uh, the incredible fellowship with these students was uh, truly a blessing from God, and I am so thankful for them. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, my responsibilities as town leader were kind of to walk around and make sure stations were running smoothly and tell people when to rotate and stuff. So I had the opportunity of just walking around and kind of like watching everything, and it was, it was really a blessing. I got to see kids who live 
so simply and love so powerfully. And they just, whenever they could tell that we didn't know what we were saying in Spanish, they would uh, step in and help and tell, tell the younger kids what to do uh, or just uh, help in any way possible. I saw leaders playing in a three-legged race with students who are half their height and it was just really comical. Uh, it was just such a blessing uh, from the Lord to have the opportunity to just to walk around and see the way that he was working while we were in Mexico. Um, I would like to close with this verse. It is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been, been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength and character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Stephen Elliott. I'm the pastor of High School Ministries here at Grace. And uh, as you have heard, our high school youth group was able to spend a week in Mexico. We uh, stayed at and served at the Mount of Olives Children's Village in Urapan. Uh, we served at a church in Urapan and uh, then served at a church in a town called Las Flores, about 25, 30 minutes up the road um, from where we were staying. Our theme, every year we, we pick a theme for Mission in Mexico, and that theme really uh, is, is really kind of our, our spiritual emphasis of the week. It's a lot of our teaching comes out of it. It's uh, what we use to really encourage and inspire and uh, challenge the students with. And this year our theme came out of uh, Acts chapter 4, and the theme was Be Bold. Uh, to give you a little context of this, of this chapter, uh, the things were starting to become a little bit more dangerous for the early church. The, the church was very young. Jesus had just descended and given out the Great Commission, and the uh, church was growing, but it was starting to be inconvenient to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple. Um, the screws were starting to tighten on the, on the early church. Uh, John and Paul had just been uh, preaching the gospel, and they had just faced some, some very serious threats from the religious leaders at the time. Uh, the, the leaders were intimidating them, and the early church responds in a very interesting way. And they don't respond by signing petitions. They don't respond by uh, crying out about the injustice of it all, by demanding their freedoms of speech and, and so forth. Uh, they go to prayer. And when they pray, they don't pray for safety. They don't pray for protection. They don't pray to be taken out of this difficult situation. This is what they pray for. This was really the, the crux of our, our theme. is uh, verse 29, Acts 4. And Peter's praying this. And he says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats, talking about the religious leaders, and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. This idea of boldness just, just permeates the whole book of Acts. As, as you see in Acts, it is just, uh, it is just the, the result of life spent with Jesus. And, and we see that in the, in the life of the believers. In fact, the very last verse 
of the book of Acts is talking about Paul and how Paul is in prison, and it talks about, and he proclaimed the gospel with all boldness. Um, it's one of the last words of the book of Acts. And this idea of, of being bold, even though it was our emphasis, it was how we were certainly tested through our circumstances in Mexico. As, as you heard about, we faced a number of difficulties and trials, many of which you've, you've heard about, and I was encouraged to see the students and to see the team respond to those difficulties with great boldness. Uh, they didn't cower in the face of fear and uncertainty and trials. Uh, they faced them head on with faith in the Lord and trust and realizing that despite the difficulties, we are called to be bold, and they acted and lived uh, with great boldness. Charles Swindoll says this. He says, We are faced with a series of great opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. And I was so encouraged and inspired to see the students, to see the team members that you committed to be prayer partners for, to see the students that you supported financially, to see the, the students that you gave craft items to, that you cared for, some of you parents that you packed for and, you know, helped prepare and listened to them tell their stories and their testimonies and, and helped prepare to see the students that you sent off respond to difficulties with boldness, seeing them as opportunities to serve and to advance the gospel. Every one of our students on this mission trip is required to give a testimony. Uh, they share their testimony at a, um, at a church service or, in, you know, in front of some of the pastors, sometimes with a translator, as you heard Grayson talking about, um, and, or, or just in front at the lodge in the evenings with, uh, uh, you know, with the, in front of the team. And one of our students shared in his testimony that he doesn't live in a Christian home, and he didn't share it just kind of, you know, oh feel sorry for me. I don't live in a Christian home like some of you. You're so lucky or anything like that. But he shared it in a way um, because he, he shared that how he has a strong desire uh, to see his family members, almost all of whom don't know the Lord, to see them come to know, uh, come into a saving faith with Jesus, Christ, with Jesus Christ. He shared that he lives in a constant state of awareness that the people he loves most are lost and that they are the mission field that he is called to. You see, I want to challenge us with that. See, I was, when I, when I heard him share that, I was, I was really challenged personally because I was instantly aware of the fact of how often I fail to see the people around me as a mission field. Um, I think we, we are so, it's so easy for us to sit here in this, this morning and see the, you know, see the students share and say, oh, that's so great that they go out on the mission field, that they go and experience this short-term mission, or that they, they go somewhere to, to a mission, to where a mission is at. But I think we forget that we all have a mission field in front of us, around us. Some of us are like that student where our mission field is in our very house, is with our very own family members. Um, I think I, I fail in that area, and that sometimes I fail to see the person behind the cash register as just a cashier to see the waitress that serves me food at a restaurant as just a waitress, uh, to see the person that lives in the house next to me as just my neighbor, uh, or the person driving next to me in the road is just that, that actually that person that frustrates me. Um, but see, we fail to see 
these people as our mission field. And that's too, when he shared that in his testimony, that, that inspired me, that encouraged me. And I hope that that encourages and challenges you that this morning to see those people around you as your mission field. What about your coworkers? Folks, they need the gospel. They are lost. They need us to be missionaries to them. We need to start acting like it. Let's get serious about our mission, and let's boldly let our light shine for Jesus Christ. Let's boldly start to love the lost. You see, boldness, we, we often think it's, it's how loud we speak. Folks, boldness isn't measured in octaves. Bold, boldness is measured in how we live our lives. If you look back at the early church, they had a tremendous, a profound huge impact on the community around them. People were coming to know the Lord right and left, and it wasn't just because of how they proclaimed the gospel. It was because of how they lived a transformed life, a life that people looked at and was, they were like, oh, these were people who were with Jesus, and now look at how they are living. They are living a transformed life, and that life, that bold life, is what brought more people into a saving faith with Jesus. And now as you see and watch this video with me, I hope that you get a little bit better taste of life on, in Mission to Mexico and that you would be encouraged and inspired to live your life more boldly. I've heard it said that there is no such thing as an unsent Christian. Folks, we need to remember that. We need to remember that uh, each one of us has to follow the Great Commission. Each one of us is called to go into this world and make disciples. So our challenge for you this morning, as you, uh, I, I hope that you're inspired. I know I am. And you see these students who, uh, you know, from junior high up to, to young adults who are serving. Uh, I hope that, that that inspires you, but I hope it inspires you to action. I hope it inspires all of us to action, to better share and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I would encourage you to ask yourself a few questions. How am I doing as one of these sent ones? That's really what the word missionary means, is a sent one. Lord, where are you sending me? And how can I better be used by you there? I would strongly encourage you to pray about serving on a short-term mission. If you uh, really want to, we have, we have opportunities here for family mission to Mexico trip. You can see the uh, details about it in your bulletin. Um, or look for other opportunities to serve. Uh, but folks, we need to take the gospel to the world. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the work that you are doing in us and through us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to proclaim your word and your message. Use us for your kingdom and for your glory alone, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. <laughs>